uh, Swing Thoughts. Right off the top, I didn't see you uh, with your meeting is recording thing. Is this, is this being recorded for your YouTube it is. channel? Okay. It is. To meet union requirements and everything. <laughs> we wouldn't want to not be on YouTube. That, you know, saying YouTube sounds almost old-fashioned now. It's like, oh yeah, we're still on YouTube. You guys still on YouTube? Oh yeah. You're not yeah, we're on reels. YouTube. You're not doing TikTok videos. Uh, well, you guys are <laughs> What's that, Jamie? You're influencers all the way. That's the uh, voice of our guest. Uh, it's a little loose version of Swing Thoughts today. There's Jamie D's product line manager, TaylorMade. He's our special guest today on this uh, episode of Swing Thoughts. I'm golf spiritual leader Humble Howard from the Humble and Fred Show, along with my longtime golf partner Tim O'Connor, Coach Tim O'ConnorGolf.ca. Welcome, everyone. Happy New Year. Yeah, and welcome to our seventh year of doing this thing. Come on. Seriously. Started doing it in 2016. I counted on my fingers. Seven. That's crazy, man. Um, well, it's great to be with you. Happy New Year, one and all. We've got some uh, stuff after after we talk golf, uh, or I should say tech. Uh, we're going to be talking golf for this entire episode, but there's going to be a, uh, a great Coach Tim story of how he fought against the demon virus and he survived as always this program brought to you by TaylorMade golf uh i'm i'm assuming that as long as we've been doing the show and you remember better than me has TaylorMade been our sponsor right from the beginning or almost from the beginning almost from the beginning yeah i'd, I'd say we're into our fifth year at least well it's a an honor and a privilege and of course yeah. our newest sponsor jw apparel inc Looking forward to catching up with Jonathan Wong and uh, getting into some new apparel, giving some stuff away this year. But listen, let's get right to it. He's excited. We're excited. I somewhere last night I was watching the golf because it's, you know, this for people who are wondering, this is the 7th of January. Yesterday, the PGA Tour got underway. And I'm not sure, Jamie, if I saw the commercial online or on television. It might have been online. And what it was was this new tailor-made ad. And it goes back to the beginning of Pittsburgh Persimmon. It starts with every, and it was my first metal driver, the TaylorMade burner. But the commercial is great, Timmy. If you haven't seen it, because it basically the driver morphs through all the different versions of oh, the TaylorMade drivers we had. So you got the TaylorMade, um, the metal wood. Then you got the burner. I saw the little bubble shaft. Remember that? And then oh, the yeah. R series into the Sims. I miss no the sliders, the SLDRs, and then the yeah. Sims, and now Jamie D's. What are we looking at on the four? What, what is it, the fourth of February? It is yes, it's uh, it's the new stealth, and it is the that that next little person on the evolution of man sort of uh, sort of slide <laughs> that you would see. <laughs> That's We're right. Standing completely upright now, uh, <laughs> having come from a from a long way from from starting with what was a great product at the time, you know, the steel that Pittsburgh persimmon. Um, but we're moving to something that is uh, really exciting. I mean, you start the new year, everybody gets a nice break, and then you start off going 100 all of a sudden right out of the gate again. Uh, and that's with uh, with a carbon face now. So all of the, the new flagship product that we will have will have uh, a carbon face uh, driver, which is really that next iteration of, of performance material um, from, from TaylorMade. And I think that commercial really sums it up beautifully talking about all of the different leaps. There are, there are different points in time throughout our product line where you go, that was big, that was huge. And this is, this is 
this is just as big as any of those, if not bigger. Yeah, what's so cool about this is that, you know, you use the word iteration, is that, so for as long as many golfers will remember, titanium is was the key piece, you know, and, and it maxed out on it, but now you've gone to carbon. So why don't you just jump right in and tell us what is the the advantage that carbon gives us over titanium? Yeah, so the biggest thing is around uh, mass. And, and really, you know, you guys have heard this throughout the years where everybody's looking to save mass so that you can move it somewhere else where it's more beneficial. And in a case like this, the biggest piece of mass left in the club head was the face. And so using carbon over titanium saves about 40% of the, the, that mass. And so you, your net savings is about 20 grams, let's say. So when you can move 20 grams around, you're moving 10% of the head uh, and the head weight around. And what it also does, not only does it allow you to save weight and move it somewhere else, um, but moving that mass is more efficient. So you think about you know, how much energy you have to, uh, you have to, to uh, use to move your fridge versus moving the box the fridge came in. Same size, a little bit of a different, a uh, little bit of a different mass there. Um, and so it's a much more efficient energy transfer. That trampoline effect uh, becomes much more efficient and creates, uh, as you have uh, experienced, better ball speeds. Well, first of all, uh, I know we're a lot older than you, so I'll just say this. Tim and I are moving fridges, probably haven't, you know, <laughs> for some time. Uh, but before we talk about, you know, and, and what you just said, by the way, I found fascinating for a lot of reasons, which is I just think I finally understood that if you have a, a golf club that has... 40% less mass, of course you're going to swing it faster because it's not as heavy, but yet you're getting the same, like aerodynamically it's going faster as well. Because- yeah, no, so the, the weight savings um, come from the face, but they move to other parts of the club. So the, the head weight doesn't change. Oh, okay. Uh, what, okay. What changes is where that mass is stored. Uh, okay. Well, you know, this will be yeah. no surprise to you. I barely passed grade 10 science, <laughs> and I, I was just trying to sound somewhat <laughs> like I understood. So you've moved the weight from the face, but I'll tell you, my experience, Tim, we both got fit. For these drivers, we had to sign a non-disclosure agreement so we wouldn't An show NDA. or take pictures of the of the driver like we're going to. But I'll tell you, uh, Jamie, I don't know if you heard about my fitting, but uh, and so I hadn't really swung a golf club. I, 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 I a couple days before the fitting, I went and hit some balls with our friend Sean Casey at his place, which has been shut down. And then I got to the fitting, and so my mid-season, as good as I can swing a driver, speeds around 101, 102. But my, you know, my winter speed is probably 99, 100. The first time I swung that club, the Stealth, I had 104-mile-an-hour club head speed, and my carry was 15 yards further than I normally carry my driver. And that's not, I'm not bullshitting you. Like it was crazy, Jamie. I was, well, I took pictures of it. <laughs> I put it on, I, you know, I was sent, I sent it to all my friends. You see this? Of course I didn't tell them what, what driver it was. Are those typical gains with this club? I, I wouldn't say those, those are typical, but we have seen that from certain people. Uh, obviously your swing speed is probably just cause you were so excited. I was excited. Um, the, um, <laughs> the, aer- the aerodynamic properties of the driver are, are still fantastic, as they were, you know, in the last couple of uh, products, with Sim and Sim Two. Um, but the, the aerodynamic properties should be pretty similar. Uh, where you really would see the gains is in is in that ball speed coming off the face. Yeah. Uh, 
we have seen, you know, most people we could expect, they, you know, you get a mile or two miles an hour consistently, but we've seen some, some examples like that where people are absolutely blown away. Uh, and it's a real eye opener and, and their, their jaws hit the floor because they look at numbers like that and it's incredibly tangible right out of the gate. And, and when you get to experience it, I think the great thing is when you get to experience it out on the course, the course that you've played from, you know, very regularly, you look at it and say, I don't usually carry that ball or yeah. I'm not usually in this spot. And you'll get to experience the course in, in a kind of a different way. Yeah, well, I had a similar experience uh, compared to my Sim 2. Uh, my carry distance was up 13 yards with, uh, with Stealth. And so that was really exciting. But I also like just the way it looks. It's got a very classic uh, shape to it when you look down on it. It's got a black matte finish. What went into the the the, the aesthetics of this new club? And before you answer, I want to ask, based on just piggybacking Tim's question, do, do the visuals make a difference? Do you think about that? Because it's a pretty radical change in terms of the way it looks. Well, the visuals definitely make a difference. And the reason for that, that kind of muted crown now, obviously you've, you've used the last two products that we've had, which have had that, that, uh, that sort of leading edge as a different color. Because the face was, the was black or, a, or dark, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the crown was dark. So you wanted something that, that allowed you to align the club. Well, now kind of that the hero story is really about the face. And if you created something that had a colored face and then a different colored crown, and then a different color body. It's really distracting. The idea is is that you you want to set something down, but you want it to uh, not only be performance uh, based from a you know from a ball speed perspective, but really a, something that is kind of quiet and allows you to align it properly without distraction. So that is definitely uh, something that was was very purposeful uh, in terms of how it was designed. Jamie, I want to just ask on behalf of the, your two colorblind hosts here. Uh, that face is red, isn't it? That face <laughs> is red. I would have guessed red. Yeah, I, I but, guess too. But as a colorblind a point, person, yeah. I always have to ask. No, but, but that is a good the combination of the red and the black. It just looks so sweet. Yeah, I was going to say it's a good point that it, it's not normal. I mean, it, it's very striking when you set the club down. And by the mm-hmm. way, I, I just want to pop in here on behalf of Jamie. You, we're, TaylorMade's not saying everyone's going to get 15 yards out of this driver. I get that. But I would tell you this. I had three mile an hour faster club head speed. And by the time I got to the driver part of the fitting, I'd swung for a couple hours. So I was, in pretty, I was pretty loose. But I would say this. I think most people are going to, because you mentioned uh, ball speed. My ball speed was way up. The jump off the face of the club is what I think you want people to come away with. Not a guarantee of 10 more yards. Although, a couple mile an hour club head speed for most people is four to six yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's really what we do want to come away with. There was uh, I, I saw an article that someone else who went down to Carlsbad and got to experience the product, they went with a panel of people. And they basically said it's the first time that they've ever experienced where the entire panel all gained ball speed. Yeah. Where everyone found something positive out of it. And and those are the things, again, we, we've seen, you know, some fairly conservative gains. We've seen some huge gains, some people gaining, you know, five, six miles an hour, crazy numbers. But the point is that everyone that we've put this product in the hands of has had gains. And, and it's it's not something that you can always say. So it's incredibly exciting. You know, I, was, I mentioned I was watching the uh, golf from Hawaii, and I love it for a couple of reasons. You know, it's pretty cold. I mean, not as cold as it's been out west. But, you know, this is the, 
the teeth of the winter and then just turning on golf and watching you know, the, the vistas from Maui and such. But one of the things they mentioned on the broadcast is a lot of the guys in the field are, are using new new equipment. This is when they try it out, and that's a good golf course to try out a new driver, etc. But there's a lot of pressure on TaylorMade, you know, the number one driver in golf. There's a lot of pressure each year to come up with something different. How long, I guess what I'm trying to get at is every, every company is working on something. How long has this change been in the works? And is this the way of club manufacturing going forward, you think? Uh, so, yeah, to answer the, the second part of the question first, it, it definitely is. Uh, there's, you know, our product creation team has made a statement to say every one of our flagship products now will have a carbon face because of the performance gains. Um, as far as the, the time that's been in the works, I, I think there were a lot of people that assume that, uh, you know, they've got the next five products baked. They know what they're doing. And it, it's not really correct. Obviously, they're working on the next version of a product, maybe concepts beyond that. But really, everything else is around materials. Um, it, it's around, it's the same thing when they started, when we started trying to put a carbon crown in M1. Uh, that material had been in the works for a while. Uh, titanium was the same thing. A material had been in, well, this is a, this is a 20 year journey of carbon. And they started working through the process of how do we use carbon? How do we use it specifically in collision applications? You know, you have industries all over the world that are using carbon, but very few use it where something is impacting it. It's designed for, uh, you know, for aerodynamic purposes and for weight savings. But as, you know, Tomo said, who's our, our head of product creation for Metalwoods, he said, you don't go to the hardware store. You might have a hammer that's got a carbon handle, but it doesn't have a carbon head. So how do we properly apply that? And it's, it's been in the works for a long time. But basically, while it's been in the works, titanium manufacturing has gotten so much better, too. So the, the gains were never to a point where we felt like it would be beneficial from a weight savings and performance perspective. But we finally kind of got to that point and really had that breakthrough uh, where, where carbon is sort of the, the new... You know, the, that next version on mm-hmm. that, that evolution chart for us. Yeah. And I don't know why I find it so fascinating, but it's really been for about like 20-ish years that titanium has been the material. And I always wondered, what's the next thing to come along? And I was watching a TaylorMade uh, video, and it was interesting how they talked about how they'd been working towards it. And, you know, tried something, eh, not quite there yet, not quite there yet. So, I don't know. I just find it really cool that we finally have a, a new material and that there's a very cool performance story that uh, is around that. So, yeah, I, I just think it's I think it's really cool. How's that for an astute comment? He's, I, I'll just really say, cool. he's not been feeling well the last couple of days. So let's, whatever that was. Um, no, I, I, I agree with Tim. Like, you know, it's been, you know, every year, you know, we've been lucky enough for the five or six years that you guys have been letting us have new equipment and sponsoring this show. And it's a real eye opener. And it's, it's a privilege to play the equipment. And I, I've, you know, all the drivers I've used, the Sim 1, the Sim 2, have all been great. In fact, you know, I was... You know, I was wondering before how these testing these tests go for you people who haven't had it. Is it use your normal driver? So I'm using my last year's sim, which I loved, and I hit great. And I'm I'm using it sort of as the baseline. I'm like, you know, and I sort of jokingly said to the kid Mark that was uh, 
By the way, I refer to anyone under 40 as a kid. So uh, you're probably a kid, too. Yeah, Mark's a kid. Mark's a kid. Anyway, I said to him, do you see that? I don't know how you're going to. I was joking. I don't know how you're going to improve. I was hitting it pretty good. You know, I was, you know, I was hitting it like 100 mile an hour club head speed in December, which is good for me. And then he said, yeah, you're old fellow. Well, no, but like I said, I'm like, I didn't think I was. You know, I often wonder if it's a fair test, but I got it going pretty good with my old tailor-made technology. But I got to tell you, Jamie, and maybe Tim felt this too, the first couple of swings I made with this club, I looked up and I was just surprised by the jump off it. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a a distinctly different feeling to it. It feels like you've smashed it, um, but there's just a different, it just sort of pops off the face. Is that what people can expect? Yeah, and, and I think uh, what Tim just alluded to as well, it's the sound. Yes. I, I think if we just said we have a carbon face driver, I think the first impression that most people have is, well, that's going to sound weird. Because there have been some iterations of carbon in a face over time. Um, they had them back in, you know, I used to work in a, in a, in a little store back in the 90s. And they, they had them back then. But it sounded a lot like wood. You know, it sounded a little thud. It a was little low. It was, and the the way they've uh, been able to manufacture this face is that the acoustics of it are very, very similar to what you get out of Sim 2, which was amazing from an acoustic perspective, which has a really high frequency and a low duration, which means it, it has that, that clicky feel and it doesn't, you know, and it doesn't resonate for very long. Mm-hmm. So it has that real nice crisp feel to it and sound. And, and when you couple that with the actual performance of of the the face flexing and gaining ball speed i mean you you just look at it and go i can't believe this is carbon you keep looking at it and and i think to the other point is it has a a nano texture on the face uh it's it's a little pu coating if you will and it it feels a little bit soft so you look at it you touch it and you think what am i using (laughs) sorry it's all very sweet but you know what's interesting is that some some of our listeners may be going like oh well who cares about sound some some may not get that the sound of the club has so much to do with the the feeling we get from golf because yeah. it's the sensations it's it's the feel that's transmitted through our through our hands you know up through our arms and the sound of it and so it's really really important that it sounds good and it all blends into why this club feels so good to me as I swing it. Mm-hmm. And to your point, sound, like I say, there, there are two elements to sound that they really talk about, which is the, the frequency of it, how high is the pitch, and the duration of it, how long does it vibrate. And, and so the sound really is feel. They're, they're, they're one and the same as far as golf is, is concerned. Yeah. Um, so when something sounds sort of aesthetically pleasing, it also feels good. Listen, yeah, I won't name the. Well, I, it's so far behind us. But but years ago, I was working. I've been working. I was playing golf at the National, and Ben Kern was the head pro, a big friend of ours, and sadly passed away too soon. But I remember Ben was sponsored, I think, by Accuform. I, I'm mentioning <laughs> another company because it's long. It's not. It's no competition. They don't exist anymore. But <laughs> but I don't know if you guys remember Ben. One day he comes to the range, go. I got a new driver, and it was this Accuform driver. It was like kind of a donut in the middle of it, and it was just a, a oh, yeah. horrible looking thing. But to your point, Jamie, I just remember trying it. Not only <laughs> was it terrible to swing, but the sound of it was like, did I just hit that with a frying pan? Like, and and it's funny how at that moment I realized that there's a that there's a relationship and. and not just then, but if it doesn't, 
sound g- right, there's something off about the way it feels, too. And I, I, don't, I guess there's an auditory. What I'm fascinated by, though, Jamie, is how they can do that, how they test it so that there's the right acoustic resonance. They have to bake that into the face of this club. I find that fascinating. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things that I think obviously helps a lot with all the, the CAD modeling that they can do now. You can kind of put variables in, into a system now and say, what is this going to return? And it'll give you a range of what you can expect. And so, you know, that, that obviously helps speed up the process. But uh, I wish I could remember the exact number of, of versions of this face that they went through uh, because there are 60 layers to this. And each layer, oh, yeah. each layer is sort of put in with a different configuration. Some look like a snowflake where there are actually six layers sort of in an asterisk pattern. Um, some are laid vertically on an angle, horizontally, but, you know. So they had to go through a huge number of versions of this phase. Um, and then when you apply it to the rest of the club, which is obviously hollow, you get sort of an, an echo effect that can occur in there. And, and uh, working through that process to just dial in exactly what sounded right, what felt right, and most importantly, what performed right, uh, is, is a huge task, obviously, for the team. Okay, a couple of quick things before we let you go. The uh, just in, in no particular order, the launch of these. Uh, l- let me back it up. The, this technology is available not just in the driver, but also in three woods, in in hybrids. Just give me that so, product line. Yes. Yeah. So the, the the carbon phase is only in the driver. Okay. Um, right now, basically because of the size of the phase. Allows us to save that much more weight. All right, it's not as beneficial in a much smaller scale. So everything I said uh, completely wrong. Not in the hybrid. Completely wrong. <laughs> Don't listen to them all. Not, not um, in the hybrid. Not in the uh, three wood. No, Howard. Come on. Um, no, we. Uh, so the, the uh, three wood. Uh, we, we we do have the obviously stealth uh, fairway woods and and hybrids or rescues. Um, both of those still have the uh, sort of prior technology, yeah. uh, titanium or steel faces. A new carbon crown in the hybrid, uh, which is which is really cool for us. And then also launching an iron, which yeah. is going to the iron, uh, the stealth iron. I think is going to be the sneaky sort of the sneaky winner this yeah, year. Yeah, tell for us about that. I didn't even know there yeah, was a the story iron. in the driver, but the iron. Yeah, the cap back technology in that iron. That's that's I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, explain yeah, so that cap, to us. Yeah, cap back technology. So really, what that allows us to do is have sort of a game improvement cavity back sort of golf club that allows for a lot of forgiveness, a lot of weight down low in the sole. Um, but with the cap back, it really allows for that, that, uh, that, that sleek look, that, that aspirational look that players want. So you get all that performance uh, of a, an incredibly forgiving golf club. Uh, the cap back really provides a lot of structure to the face. So it allows the face to flex, uh, flex a lot uh, to get ball speed up again. Um, and they've able to, they're able to harness a lot of mass out of what's called a cat bag with toe wrap. So they're able to harness a lot of the weight by stripping out the steel from the toe uh, and saving that weight as well, putting it low so that uh, golfers can really launch the ball easily and launch it high and, and get, better, you know, get better shots. And I think there are going to be a lot of people who've got your P790s, Tim, um, who, who might lean towards you know, a game improvement club this year just because of how great it looks and how great it, it sounds and performs. Well, I, you inferred a bit there, but I'd like you to elaborate. What does the cap back, what does that actually mean? Yeah, so it, it, it again, so if you think of a traditional sort of cavity back where it's hollow, mm-hmm. the issue there is is it, it's not very consistent in terms of providing stability for the back of the club. So when you put that, that cap back on, 
uh, what it does is provide structure and stability. And you, you think of you know something like a like a slingshot. You know, a, a slingshot to get a lot of momentum, it needs two stiff posts, obviously, to be able to to flex on. And so, what it does is it provides that stability mm. uh, for the face to be able to flex more efficiently. Uh, and, and it allows us to do other things like add a, a speed pocket at the bottom to allow flexion low in the face as well. Uh, and now with some of that weight savings coming from the toe, uh, we're able to, to create a better a better product with better launch characteristics as well. I just well. Wish, so, people could, I wish people could see the smile on your face when you started talking about that because there is something sneaky about that. I mean, okay, here's the thing. A lot of people are playing the, you know, I've been playing the 790s now. This is my third version of them. But when I saw the product line, I'm like, those don't look like your typical game performance clubs. They do have a different look to them. And I saw that smile. You're thinking a lot of guys that, you know, might be gravitating toward that for a little extra help because they do look, they do look pretty sleek. Not that the, um, you know, other versions of the game improvements weren't cool, but uh, these look different. The last question I want to mention is, what is the launch date of the the, the welcome to the carbon age, brand new TaylorMade Stealth driver. To be clear, not three woods, not hybrids. When's the driver coming out? So driver, uh, driver, and uh, the, the the fairway woods, uh, as well as uh, one of the two versions of our our hybrid, are coming up February fourth. Um, our what we're calling our uh, plus hybrid, as well as the iron, is coming out April first. Wow! So uh, so yeah, two big launch dates for us coming up really quick. Uh, pre-sale is on now. Um, incredibly exciting for us. Yeah. Well, like well said, I got my I got my P seven nineties my new ones yesterday. Sweet I mean, man. Just that is just such a sweet looking club. My goodness. Um, I was going to say, you know, you mentioned earlier when we introduced you that it, you, you get back from the holiday and a guy in your position, it's just you're going a hundred now until the the snow melts and people are. You know, back on golf courses. Thanks for taking some time. We'll talk to you again. Uh, Jamie Dees is the product line manager at TaylorMade Golf, and and it's always a pleasure catching up with you, dude. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, you guys. Jamie. Happy New Year. Appreciate you. Take care. Take care, Jamie. Happy New Year. This Thank is live. By the way, I think the seventh of January is about the limit of saying Happy New Year. After that, it's like, all right, we get it. Agreed. All right, James. Take time. care. Happy New Year. Yeah, man. Okay. Bye bye. Um. Yeah, I remember, uh, <laughs> this won't surprise you, but I remember where I was the first time I used, I hit a uh, metal driver for the first time. I had oh, wow. Moved, I'd moved to Vancouver uh, from Moose Jaw, and when I moved there, the last round of golf I would have played in Moose Jaw, like 79 or whatever, I was... I'm pretty sure I was using a wooden club, but I remember being on a driving range. Did they have color TV by then? No, not in Moose Jaw. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Moose Jaw, I call Moose Jaw the land that time forgot. Um, (laughs) We we had black and white TV in my house until I was in my teens. We didn't have... My dad, I was my dad's TV changer. That's what I used to say. He would call me from anywhere in the house. Howard, come here for a second. I'm like, what? He goes, change the channel for me. (laughs) All right. Okay, Papa. Need a beer, Dad, while I'm up? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember being in a driving range in Vancouver, and I used a, a metal wood for the first time. And, it, you know, now they look so small. Oh, but yeah. like everyone else, it was a tailor-made, you know, Pittsburgh persimmon. And I was just like, I'm not sure what I thought of it. I don't know if I thought it was going to catch on or not. But I do remember thinking, well, this is odd. Because here's the thing. Even those early ones, the pop off the club was different. 
Yeah, it but was. But the sound it, was what, what they needed to catch up with. Totally. Yeah, and I'm glad we talked about that because sound is really important. It, it reminded me, there's, um, I forget where I heard it, but there was a golf professional. Oh, I know. Um, we're talking about uh, people who have, you know, some challenge. And there's lots of blind people who love to play golf. And which seems kind of, you know, it's odd to get your head around that. But there's not as many people who are deaf who enjoy golf. And the way it's been explained to me is that the sound equation part of golf is such a key component of it. When you take that part away, there's not as much sensation in the game. Hmm. So I just, I just found that interesting. Um, so the acoustics plays a, a, a key role. But I was reminded – so. Um, I can tell this story because Nike's no longer in the hard goods business. But when I used to consult for Nike, um, they had a square driver. I forget the name of it, but KJ Choi was playing. Yeah. Yeah. KJ Choi was playing it. And it kind of made this, like, I love that. What you say is like hitting, sounds like you're hitting the ball with a frying pan. This sounds like it's hitting like the, the ball with a garbage can lid. Yeah. And, and it was kind of like when KJ was on the range, everyone could tell, oh, KJ's arrived. Because <laughs> you could hear that thing. Every, and he hated it. He absolutely hated the And he was playing it, why? Because of uh, con- contractual obligation? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, that square driver, that was also another AccuForm thing for oh, some they, reason. They were the, I think they were one of the first to try it. David Huber was the guy. He used to be with Spalding. And he came over to uh, AccuForm. And they tried this thing. It was called The Whistler. Yeah. That's exactly what I think Ben had that day. You know, it's funny. I know we're mentioning other manufacturers, but these are companies that no longer exist. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, listen, TaylorMade's not. They, they know that there are other companies. And, you know, when I heard the, on the broadcast yesterday what they said exactly was, this is a great golf course to try out new drivers. So everyone had a new driver in their bag, and every company thinks they've got it figured out. But... You know, again, we're lucky to be able to play this latest technology. And, you know, I'm, uh, I didn't get new irons last year because my 790s I felt were fine. But the new ones, there's just enough difference. Like when you showed it here just a second ago, I think there's just enough difference. They're a little sleeker. They, yep. um, I think, that, you know, I, I'm not looking for extra yardage out of my irons. I just wanted to, you know, update them. And, and as far as us recommending, I mean, obviously, we recommend all these products, but I really, both of us had such a, I'd say, profound increase in pop off the club. And that was in December. The reason I mentioned that is because, you know, it's like we get fit in the wintertime when neither of us are really in golf, you know, golf muscle shape. But I, but I knowing that, I went a couple of times to get just an hour just to swing some clubs before I went to the fitting. That being said, I don't know about you, but man, I was sore. <laughs> I was sore because it's three hours. I mean, it sounds great and we're lucky. I'm not complaining. But no, by the no, time you've no been there three hours, it's like I get to the end. I'm like, I don't care what hybrid you give me. <laughs> I'm tired. I can't swing anymore. Of our of our vintage, yes, that happens. But you know what's interesting is the, and I just want to get into why the fitting experience is so good and so valuable. Yes, is that um, so? We've been talking about extra ball speed, which translates into more yardage. Well, what's interesting to me is that this year with these new irons, um, I actually went to stiff. 
which is interesting because I remember uh, you might remember this from about four years ago. I'm getting fit, and the, the young man goes, um, "I'm not sure he used it, but I'll say it." Uh, Mr. O'Connor, um, would you like to try a regular shaft in your irons? And it was like. Oh, my God. The day has arrived. <laughs> the apocalypse. <laughs> Finally, I go from stiff shafts in my irons to, to regular shaft. Next thing, it'll be senior you know, dentures. Shaft. Yeah, dentures and incontinence, you know, right. as major issues in life. Would you like but the it, dentures it, in a shaft, Mr. O'Connor? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the reason I tell the story <clears throat> is that I was working with Ryan uh, when I was being fit in December, and we actually... Uh, he said, would you like to try a, a stiff shaft in your iron? And what we found was I lost about two miles an hour in ball speed, but my dispersion yeah. decreased. Yep. And that's what I'm looking for in irons mm-hmm. is just just bringing it down. And so that's what we, we went with. And I just thought that was really interesting. And again, that tells you the value of getting fitted uh, because it really does – have an impact on performance. No, that's a great point. You know, and again, you know, we're lucky to have yeah. this association. Very I mean, we 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 don't sell advertising. These are our, our advertisers, and and so there's you know, it's not like it's not they're not doing this for free. They're doing it because they get a some value out of it. We hope, but I can tell you, I wouldn't buy if I wasn't associated with TaylorMade or anyone else. I would not buy golf clubs without getting fitted. It's just, I think most people now, even the casual golfer knows that if you're going to go, even if you go to golf town, you've got to get some kind of fitting because my big breakthrough with that club was we changed the shaft in it. A couple of different ones went in and I ended up getting, and I know the the geeks listening are like, what shaft did you get? I'm like, I don't know. It's blue. But, um, but that shaft, whether it's stiff, regular, or whatever the frequency is that they line it up, it really does make a difference. And if you're playing with golf clubs, whatever their manufacturer are, that you haven't been fit for, you're doing yourself a bit of a disservice because just that kind of, that can make a big difference to your enjoyment of the game. Absolutely. Okay, so we um, get out of golf just for a second. Here's a. Uh a little music for our next segment. Whoa. Very 80s. Do you know why I'm playing this? That's right, bass man. My Corona. Oh, yeah. My boy, Very Tim. good. Uh, we were talking before the show. On the 15th of November, I came back from Italy and got off the plane. My daughter texted me. She said, Daddy, I have... Uh, coronavirus. The, I have the, the COVID. I said, "Oh no!" And she had old school COVID. Uh, this was Delta, you know the old, the OG. And um, at the time, and I had this conversation on the Humble and Fred show. I said, "You know, uh, this whole pandemic has gone on, and the first person I knew in my personal circle that had COVID was Charlie." Well, yeah. since November fifteenth, uh, like a lot of people who are listening. It's it's unbelievable how many people in our circle have COVID, including your own sweet angelic self. Yeah, I got the COVID. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm here to tell you, I, uh, I survived it. And it wasn't that big a deal, quite frankly. Um, yeah. It, uh, you want me just to hold it? Uh, the floor little, is yours, my brother. My, my experience? Okay. Um, Christmas Day... 
I started to get that feeling in my nose and head, like something's coming on here, probably a cold. And then on Sunday, I was just super tired and again, feeling kind of congested, but like, you know, a lot of naps that day and whatnot and kind of foggy brained on um, Monday felt a little less tired, but still, you know, something going on. But basically, so I, I went and got tested that day and Tuesday night got the, the result. I did the PCR test and Tuesday night got the result. You're positive. And anyways, it wasn't a big deal at all. Mm. Um, for the rest of the week, my energy just started to come back and I still felt congested. I still feel some like just kind of feel a bit congested, but I didn't have the the yucky sore throat didn't have the runny nose anything it was just you know i got something here mm-hmm. and um it was not a big deal and the my, the doctor said well i asked him i said is this in part because i'm double vaxxed and he goes oh yeah that helps and you're you know in relatively good health and all that and so yeah i got the covid and <laughs> it quite frankly wasn't a big deal but the key piece, I think, there was that uh, I was double vaxxed. Yeah. Well, it's funny because both of them, now my other daughter got it. She got the new COVID, the Omicron, also double vaxxed, Charlie double vaxxed. I'm triple vaxxed. I mean, first of all, I was, I'm sorry it happened, but, you know, like most of the cases that I've encountered yours and some other golf people I know have all been pretty mild, but everyone yeah. that has a mild case of it has been vaccinated. Yeah. And I know I don't want to get into a whole deep discussion of vaccination efficacy, but you know, really if you're not vaccinated, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice and you could be like, you know, you're sick, you're in great shape. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how old you are, but it's in your early sixties, 63, four, something like next, that. Next birthday is six, five. Well, Freddie Man, my uh, my other podcast partner, just turned sixty five. Didn't seem to kill him. Um, <laughs> Go, thank you. <laughs> but uh, but the point is, I don't know anyone that's had a severe case. But as your doctor said, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you're taking a chance. It's not a, you know you don't necessarily may not necessarily be a severe case, but there's a higher chance it will be. I don't know anyone that's not vaccinated. I mean, I know a few people on the periphery of my social circle, but I know anybody in my actual friend group that's not at least double vaccinated. Uh, I got two people. No, I know you in do, my yeah. in my community, if you will. <laughs> fun, and, uh, isn't that it fun? Makes, it makes it fun. Absolutely, it. Does. I don't know what would you rather have a flat earther or a uh, vaccine denier. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> problem is, is that the, the then you get the Trump thing. Adding oh, yeah. into it, and it's like, oh my goodness! See, the it thing makes is, for a very, very makes for a very narrow range of topics. Oh yeah, well, golf is in there. You know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I here's, the, I think I'd rather be friends with the flat earther because at least I can't get anything from them except stupidity. <laughs> in, in fact, speaking oh, of that, my. there was a great headline. Not a great headline, but it's a funny headline. It was that. It was uh, I've 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 screwed this up already, but it was basically. This the headline in early December from uh, some news service was "Flat Earther and COVID Denier Dies," and I and I, I read that and I said, "There's nothing about there's nothing about that sentence that doesn't make sense." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how how can you you add to that? Oh my goodness! So I'm glad uh, you're well. Uh, you had a pretty short. 
you know, I've had some other friends of mine in our age range that had three or four days of a pretty sick, you know, fluey, scratchy throat, didn't feel well, night chills or some mm. things I've heard, but nothing worse than a bad cold. Mild flu, bad cold is what I've heard. Yeah, and, and uh, Sandy got through it. Uh, Tim's she, wife. She was less affected, yes, less affected uh, than I was. And my son, Sean, um, uh, kind of just like that. But the senses I get from everyone is that everyone's going to get this. And I love yeah. the, just the name of it, Omicron. It sounds like a transformer, mm-hmm. for gosh sakes, or something from a Japanese um, dinosaur movie. <laughs> That's right. Omicron is attacking the city. Exactly. But uh, it's kind of like everyone's going to get this kind of in the same way that we all get the seasonal flu now, you know, unless you get your your shot for that, too. But and and I just I think it bodes well. You know, uh, I can see why, quite you know, politics aside, but, you know, I, I can see why the government people taking the advice of the medical science people have done, you know, a shutdown here in Ontario, Canada. Um you know, now you can't go to restaurants, bars are closed. Yeah, we're in lockdown closed. for three weeks yeah. again here. Yeah, all of that. Um, because what they've said is that I think it's like half of 1% of the people who get this variant get really sick. So half of 1%, that's still in a very populous place like Ontario, is a lot of people. So hence they've went, okay. To spare the, the, the absolute chaos in the hospitals and all of that. And also, it has such an impact on just people going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, all the, so many, all the airlines in North America, I, they canceled upwards of, you know, I think it was like a third to half of their flights because they don't have people coming in. So I guess maybe I did venture into politics, but That's um, fine. you Not- can see why, why they're trying to do that because just, this the thing of it. This thing is ho- so highly transmissible. I've been sort of joking this week. It's like you know, you, you drive down the four hundred one going east, someone going west got COVID. Oh shit, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, anyways, politics aside, I'm glad you're well, and I hope everyone stays well. You know, like you know, again, I haven't got it. I've been around my kids. Uh, we were very careful during the holidays. I uh, had self-test before I went to uh, my girlfriend's parents who were older, you know, and just yeah. trying to take precautions. And, you know, I, you mentioned the regular flu. So you don't necessarily have to get the regular flu. I mean, I, I could get through this and not have it, you know, because right. chances are statistically you're less likely to get it than you are to get it. You still have it's a it's still a even though it's highly um, contagious, you know, in my little bubble, my little world, I, I could avoid getting it although I, i'm not afraid of it i just they i for most people listening that statistically they won't get it because statistically most people don't get the flu every year no matter how many how how um but you know what i'm trying to say it's not yeah, a fait yeah. accompli you're gonna get this yeah, it, but it's exactly. nice to hear that your experience was pretty mild and like a lot of people's experience if yeah, they're the vaccinated one, one second, maybe maybe to close off this um so it meant um, that we had a very quiet Christmas. It meant no visiting, certainly not visiting my 90-year-old mother, uh, having, you know, brother-in-law and his wife come over, no, none of that, you know. For, so uh, got a lot, watched a lot of very cool Netflix things. And mm, that's was great. Too, but, um, <laughs> but I said to Sandy, and this is what, the thing I wanted to say, you know, kind of glad 
we got it and it's over with you know yeah we're done We've got it, and 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 maybe that's going to be a, a very good thing for us uh, going forward in terms of how we're affected by another variant. Uh, yeah, I'd still, you know, get vaccinated, get your booster. I mean, people are, I, I find it hilarious. People, oh, do we get, do we have to get a booster every year? I'm like, ah, whatever, sure. Boost me in the eyeball. I don't care. You know, I don't have, people just, just incredible. <sighs> so, so now we're going to have to do this every year? Probably. Yeah. That's the new reality. Just adjust to it. Um, yeah, in the same way, you have to like renew your 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 driver's license, right? And this, this, that's the thing. Oh, that's the thing that drives me nuts. Is that okay? So you just want to drive a car? So you're 15 years old. Yeah, drive a car because you want to. Yeah, I know. Um, let's finish oh, off with some golf. We've only got a couple minutes left in this episode. Um, it's really not a lot of golfy stuff going on. Although I've started, like I. I uh, I'm not sure listeners understand, or maybe the STDs, but they would remember Brooke Benny Bamalam. Uh, you introduced me to him, I guess, a yeah. year or so, maybe more than a year ago. But Brooke really helped me. He's a personal, he's a trainer. He's a TPI certified guy. He's also a physio. And he, he was working with you guys at the uh, Guelph Griffin uh, golf team. And I've been working with him uh, for quite a while now on, you know, shoulder stability. And my shoulders were really bugging me last winter. And then I, I started working with Brooke. He, he gave me a, a, a great routine to use last summer. And then this year, I've been working on him uh, with him on some actual training, some TPI stuff to get my body in shape. And man, this week I went at it pretty hard, like four days in a row doing yoga and doing my workout. And I'm like uh, getting all excited about the golf season. I think I tweeted only 96 more sleeps. <laughs> uh, I'm, so well, that's got the, got the number right down. Eh? Oh, I don't know. I just throw it a random like three months from now. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I've started doing that. I've started, you know, taking some golf swings. I mean, if you know, I always talk on, you know, and during the regular season, the last couple of years, I've really not worked on my golf swing much at all. And but this time of the year, it's sort of the time when i delve into it again and see if there's some things i can tweak and you know i've been taping myself one thing i would say that has really helped me and i've not availed myself of this technology as much as maybe some other people have but if you're working on something and you're not self-taping and this is what i do and and i was taping it on my phone and then transferring it to my computer so i could kind of see it in a bigger platform but i i've started doing this recently because all Macs, which is what I have, you know, they have a thing called photo booth. So I've been taping my swing on my computer in my golf lab. Every time I, you know, every sort of practice swing, I'll take three or four in a row. Then I watch it on my computer. Then I dump it. But I'm, I know you're smiling because I'm such a fucking nerd. But I just um, love it because you have a golf lab. I and do. People are going like, "Whoa, what's this thing got? Like a launch monitor? <laughs> no, it's got it's got it's a bedroom. It's, a be- <laughs> it's got a mattress off a kid's. No, I, the I wall. don't have the mattress on the wall anymore. I took that down because oh, okay. because Rachel didn't like it. But also, she calls it the golf nursery because it's just <laughs> yeah. it's just <laughs> golf gadgets everywhere. The, my plane mate, my super speed. Anyway, my point is, if you're not taping yourself frequently and if you're working with someone they're going to tape it but when you're practicing whatever changes you're trying to make i really have got into this recently and and what i like about doing it on my computer is i can actually see some of the things i'm doing before i even tape it i can just watch my swing more on the computer anyway so that's uh the only golf stuff i've been working on is just trying to get flexible i mean i'm going to be 62 uh and i want to be 
as strong as I can for the age that we are. Okay, yeah. but no, why are you why are you grinning at me? <laughs> I just said, I just sort of said kid. <laughs> I kid. am a kid. Yeah, exactly. I'm very immature. Yeah. Oh well, good for you. It's more fun that way. Oh uh, yeah. I'm I'm right with you, man. Um, the when when people talk about training and and, and keeping strong, it's not like going, you don't need to go to the gym for an hour. No. You don't. It's just just do some things on a daily basis. You know, I I have a routine that I do uh, Monday to Friday, and so it's usually ten minutes one day, and then it's twenty to twenty five minutes the next day, and that's it. All of which is Brooke Benny stuff, mm, yeah. and it's easy to do, and you know, I, it just it just really helps me. And it doesn't again, it doesn't. There's a lot of science that shows now you don't need this major investment in time. It's more important that you do things on a daily frequent basis. Mm -hmm. And those gains just add up over time. But just to come back to your point about uh, videotaping yourself, why that's so crucial is that but unless way, we get hold on so, sorry you said videotaping which I love I say yes. <laughs> I always say I'm only laughing to me because my daughter yeah. always gives me she goes oh are you going to videotape that are you Benjamin <laughs> okay sorry please continue. I know the idea I know, of taping like, I know it's like being Canadian saying I play ice hockey yeah it's just anyway, hockey for God's sake so uh anyways anyway, the point about yeah, taping so yourself when you when you record, record yourself, yourself on video <laughs> You're getting feedback. Yes. And feedback is crucial. If you're not getting feedback, you don't know what what's going on. I, I mean, a couple of years ago, uh, with uh, the help of our good friend George McNamara in Pennsylvania, I was struggling. And he said, and he said, well, take some video out of yourself, you know, down the line, front, all that. And what he saw was that I had... In my posture, in my, my setup, I had set up so that my head was behind the ball. So I was like, my weight was favoring the back, and I wasn't even aware of it. It was right. in my blind spot. Yep. So just that, having the, the, the video, looking at it, I was able to see, oh, yeah, I could fix. And that's the value of recording yourself. Recording <laughs> you yourself on your VHS tapes. <laughs> and uh, I'm using beta myself. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I'm, I listen. Like I said, once the once I can hit a golf ball out of doors, outdoors, then really for me, it's what's the ball doing, not what am I doing. And I like I'm I'm no different than anyone else. Sometimes I see myself on videotape on uh, the old. Vi <laughs> Sometimes I see myself on my Super Eight pictures. And I want There's to May West and W.C. Fields. <laughs> That's right. All right. No, but it's true. Here we have, now here we have golfer Howard Glassman <laughs> in the 1930s. No, I, I honestly, sometimes, I mean, recently, I, you know, part of the problem, I will say, the downside of watching yourself on video is that you, you for at least me, you know, sometimes I can really hate my golf swings. I'm like, wow, I thought I was better than that. But... Um, little things all I'm working on because we don't talk about technique much on the show but what I'm working on is what you just said I'm really just working on my setup where's my weight what do I look like you know is my posture because I, I get lazy my you know my back sore you know and so am I bent too so those are things that I can tape 
take a picture of or and then I'll do some little um, small swings. I have uh, I no longer fire balls into the uh, fire actual golf balls into the wall, although the the marks are still there. But I do. I have these little sponge balls that give you enough sort of weight on the ball. You can feel yourself swing. And I just tape it because because I'm I really want to work on that because I can control that I can control my setup my posture where my weight is that's something that I can work on for for the few months of the winter that have a big impact when you start hitting balls much Absolutely. more than most people think and as yeah. you just said great point it we're often blind to that because it just becomes it sort of sneaks up on you and pretty soon your weight's on your right side you don't even know it absolutely and 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 what's really cool about that is is that working on your fundamentals is so important that's like 90% of it is right there how you your your alignment you, you know obviously it's harder to do in the winter work on that but uh, just your posture your setup weight distribution all all that kind of stuff and recording yourself doing that has a lot of value what's interesting and the danger is a little bit I find about um, recording is that people start to become too engrossed in form yes and and what it kind of looks like and that's why I think that um, the um, I always screw up the launch monitor stuff um, is so valuable because now you have numbers and you can actually see you know what's the club face angle what's the path that's the crucial thing so that leads me to ask are you working with case well I guess they're closed well, down now I, right yeah I mean yeah I mean I'm working I mean here's the thing about Sean and I'd like to give him a plug because man he is put a lot into that place he's got Burl Oak Burl Oak indoor, indoor golf yeah, Burl Oak indoor golf. It is a state-of-the-art facility like I've never seen. He's got two separate places, a short game area, a track man everywhere. So to your point, um, I go in there in the off-season. You know, Sean and I have worked a little bit. We sort of had a lesson late in the fall because I wanted to just sort of cement what we've been working on a little bit. And then I've gone in there from time to time, you know, booked a, a, a track man session to your point. I do want to mention this about track man and technology. Because I my numbers on TrackMan, and I was there just before Christmas, are crazy. Like my my distance and my club head speed with my six iron are way beyond what they are outside. And here's why that is: because you're hitting off a perfect lie, right? With no outside distraction to eight feet away, you're just and I'm swinging at a speed I would not normally. I, I'm not that I'm trying to swing faster. I think psychologically. And a couple guys were watching me swing that day, and they're like, wow, you're hitting it so far. I go, dudes, I don't hit my six iron 185. I just don't. I can, mm-hmm. but I don't. It, it's a bit of a false positive. So to Tim's point, again, if you're going to use that stuff, don't focus on the, how far you're hitting it. Because I think a lot of guys get sucked in by that. Just focus on the path, club head. And those, ang- those, those things are absolutely accurate. The path, club head, face, all that. Face to path, all that stuff. Those are things with your instructor that I think are valuable. How far you're carrying it in a simulator, I don't think uh, lines up. Even though guys, uh, everyone will say, no, no, it's just like outside. Yes, maybe it's just like hitting a ball on track man outside. I'll give you that, but I don't think it's like hitting your normal, to me at least, your normal six iron or whatever club you're using. Does that make sense to you? Totally. The, I think it's a false positive too, is what I'm saying. There you go. Um, 
The thing about hitting to a simulator is also you are, unlike when you're outside hitting a ball off green grass, um, you're responding to a target. You're in an environment. When you're hitting into a simulator, you're hitting into a screen yeah. that's just right in front of you. And everything is, you're getting aligned is is difficult, all that stuff. So I, I'm right with you, man. Um, as tantalizing it is to get engrossed in how far I'm hitting it and all that stuff, that's not the thing to, to look on. But, it, you know, it, it kind of, at a, well, this is a can of worms for you here, but it's really interesting is that Foresight, their technology has been, a lot of people argue, uh, obviously the manufacturer and a lot of the users, is that Foresight is, be- foresight is better indoors at tracking the actual, getting the specifics, getting it more accurate. And TrackMan is better for outside. Interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, and I've heard that uh, a number of times. Well, when we were and, fit, excuse my interruption, were we, were we not using Foresight? We were. Isn't that what TaylorMade uses? Yeah. yeah. So they Which use, is what Nate Robinson, right. who works out of Sean's facility, he uses uh, He uses the Foresight Quad. Interesting. So Nate's working at uh, Burl Oak Indoor Golf. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's, um, yeah, I'm really excited for Nate. He has been the director of golf at Rattlesnake Point for, I think it's upwards of 10 years-ish, yeah. give or take. Been and, there a long time. Um, and he finally said, you know, I, I, I get, I'm way more excited to teach. So he uh, resigned from his position there and he's launched um, himself full time as a teacher. And he's still going to carry on a relationship uh, working in the season out of Rattlesnake Point. But he's at Burl Oak and uh, busy as ever. You know, unfortunately, now they're all shut down. Um, but uh, I'm really excited for Nate. And just, I, I guess, a bit of a plug he and I are going to be launching a, a program together. Um, when things open up again. And so we can talk about that sometime later, but it'd just be a continuation of uh, some of the short game clinics that he and I ran at uh, Rattlesnake Point. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So why, I, I wanted to, I'm glad we brought up Sean because he's put a lot of money into that facility. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I promised Sean that we'd have him on uh, when things, well, actually before things, you know, shut down. Yeah. And hopefully it's only for three weeks because, you know, they've sold. A, he's done very, very well with that place. And they've sold a memberships because yeah. and it's, it's a great deal. Um, well, we'll we're going to do a show sometime in the next couple of weeks. And, and hopefully we'll have some information as to when things will open up. But when they do, we'd like you to definitely give Sean and Nate. There's a bunch of people that teach out of there. But Sean's put a lot of, you know, there's Nate and there's Ben Ferguson, some yep. people that we know. Laurel Weavers as well. Uh, some great, some really good, and, and and it's a great place to go and practice. You can also go and play. Uh, they're going to have a league there. You can go play games with your friends. And a very cool, uh, so you alluded to it, short game area. The short game a, area is a, a awesome. fantastic, big indoor putting, uh, putting thing. Chipping. Yeah, you can chip, all that stuff. So you have been there. They've done a great yeah. job. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's interesting what you say. Like I said, I, I'm not saying that I love TrackMan. And I and I all my I did my TrackMan uh, numbers in the season in season last year. And that's why in my my yardage book carry or my yardage booky thing, I have all my numbers. Uh, how far I hit a ball, how far I carry it. Those are all TrackMan numbers, but they're outside numbers because my mm. indoor TrackMan numbers are just beyond what I would normally swing that club at. I was like, it's crazy, but 
And then again, getting back to our original conversation. So are the driver numbers valid? I, I, I can only tell you the numbers of, of, of club head speed and ball speed were absolutely accurate. Whether I carried it really 15 more yards, but I'll tell you, I carried it 15 more yards in my sim. So there's yep. something there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to uh, and what, what uh, Jamie said about playing it outdoors. Um, I can't wait to see what it looks like. Oh, yeah. I already had during the um, yeah during the holidays, uh, Golf Channel showing, you know, old, uh, I think, Memorial uh, yeah. Tour Championship. And I was already into that. Oh, man, look at those guys. In golf shirts, yeah. outside, yeah, <laughs> hitting balls off green grass. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I like watching that tournament. And the first couple of tournaments are from Hawaii, the Tournament of Champions, oh, yeah. and then the other one. It's just I, I, part of it is I, I've been there a couple of times, um, and it's just beautiful. But it's made so much more so, as you say, when you're watching people not, you know, hunched over and shuffling through salt-stained sidewalks. Exactly. Hey, I got to ask you real quick because um, our dogs are similar in terms of uh, don't, the, your, yours is a Boston Terrier and mine's a Boxer, so they don't have much in the way here. How is uh, Stan on really cold mornings like today? Because uh, Freddie <laughs> was funny. So Freddie, we went, we got him in his coat and everything. We uh-huh. go outside. We're outside 15, 15 seconds. Yeah. Does his business. We're going back in. <laughs> Me, I spent ten minutes getting you know Arctic survival gear on. <laughs> um, Stan doesn't. You know, he, I, I tried putting boots on him years ago. He hated it. I bought these pretty expensive Velcro straps, and he never he kept gnawing them off. You know, on really really that's cold hilarious. days, like I, I'm really lucky because I can just open my back door. I've got an area there that's enclosed that he can do his business, and then I later in the day I'll go pick it up. So I don't need to even put a coat on. But to go for his walk, like I'm going to take him for his walk today, and I take him to you know the field where I hit golf balls, and it's enclosed. So he does about 20 minutes, but he you know they're both short haired dogs. What what really bothers him is the city streets, the uh, oh, yeah. the salt, and the salt. Yeah, he, you know he'll do that thing where he gets some in his paw and it gets wet, and then he can does the one legged thing. Um, all right, well, thank you very much, Tim O'Connor, O'ConnorGolf.ca. Look for uh, some new uh, stuff coming up for Timmy in the new year. Uh, swing thoughts, of course. We're excited to be back. The uh, official swing thoughts season. Uh, gets underway the first week of April. All this stuff in the wintertime is just us, you know, killing time, talking, you know, geeking out about golf. Humble and Fred Show, humbleandfred.com. And uh, thanks again to uh, Taylor Made Golf, Jonathan Wong Apparel, and thanks to USTDs. We'll see you in a few weeks. Sound of the river, you're stopping your hole, everything.